You're listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy. Hello, Grounded listeners, and thanks for tuning in. For our latest episode, we're in Southern Oregon at Rogue Disposal and Recycling. This episode was a fun one to record on site at Rogue's White City Transfer Station. So don't be surprised if you hear a collection truck or two traveling by. I'm joined by two guests today. I'm Laura Liebrick, and I work for Rogue Waste, and I'm the Community and Governmental Affairs Manager. I'm Lee Fortier, and I'm President of Dry Creek Landfill. It might seem unusual to be talking garbage and landfills on an energy podcast, so get ready to geek out about some of the amazing things this company is working on to improve its services, harness energy, and protect its environment. Laura, Lee, let's jump right into it. Tell me about Rogue Disposal and Recycling and the services you provide. Rogue Disposal and Recycling is actually the solid waste and recycling collection company here in the Rogue Valley. We serve customers. We provide collection of recycling, garbage, and green waste in a portion of Jackson County, Oregon, serving the cities of Medford, Phoenix, Jacksonville, Central Point, and a portion of Jackson County. I understand that Rogue Disposal has a parent company, and then within that parent company is also Dry Creek Landfill. Can you explain that relationship a little bit more? Well, essentially Rogue Waste Inc. is the parent company, and under uh, Rogue Waste Inc., we have several companies that are in the garbage business. Uh, Dry Creek Landfill Inc. is one of those. Rogue Disposal and Recycling is another one of those, and they are the collection company. And then there's Rogue Material Recovery. They operate on the recycled material side, and then there's Rogue Transfer. And those are the folks that operate the transfer station uh, and load trucks and bring that garbage out to Dry Creek Landfill. You're picking up the waste, people are also dropping it off, and then it's being sorted and going to the landfill. So can you kind of walk through the circle of life, more or less, Mm -hmm. of materials that come here? Rogue Disposal and Recycling picks up the solid waste and recycling and green waste from customers. That's the curbside service that we provide, and then they deliver it to Rogue Transfer and Recycling which is a transfer station. They operate a transfer station. And then from the transfer station, solid waste goes to the landfill. And we also, in addition, have a composting facility. So the green waste that is collected from our customers ends up going to a compost facility that's co-located with our landfill. You're collecting garbage and recyclables. Uh, You've mentioned the landfill. How does that work? I think a lot of people might take advantage of the fact that they collect their garbage, they put it at the curb, it disappears, and then they don't really think about it again. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little more about that life cycle and what happens once it gets to the landfill? Sure, that's that's actually a, a really great question. And we do a lot of public outreach, public education, and what we have found uh, is that most people really don't, they've never had a reason to have to think beyond putting it out at the curb. Um, so we offer a lot of tours to kind of give people a little peek behind the curtain. Um, We invite people to come out and visit our transfer station, our recycling processing facility, uh, as well as our landfill and compost operations to give them a firsthand look at the cycle that materials go through. One thing I I would like to add when we're talking about the cycle that materials go through, the process that materials go through, that solid waste goes through, is that we are operating a fleet that picks up material from households and businesses is increasingly being picked up by compressed natural gas powered trucks. This is a transition that we have been going through since 
2012. And we also have a uh, compressed natural gas fueling station. So there are a couple more pieces of that, that spectrum that we we're talking about. Tell me more about compressed natural gas. Why is that better than, say, using diesel? Compressed natural gas is just, it's it's cleaner. It has a lower carbon intensity. In terms of um, emissions, uh, it's a cleaner burning fuel. The Dry Creek Landfill, I was lucky enough to get a tour of it today. I highly recommend anyone in the area go check it out. And you have this just really fascinating system of gas capture in the landfill that I think might be brand new information to some people. Can you tell me how does the landfill work? It's not just, you know, a pile of garbage. It, it is decomposing and off-gassing. In the mid-90s, Subtitle D legislation at the federal level was passed that required that all landfills be lined with a liner system so that any contaminated water that would go through the garbage from rainfall or actually coming in with the garbage would be managed and not allowed to escape into the groundwater system. Along with that regulation came several uh, adjacent regulations, uh, one being on landfill gas. And the regulation required that landfill gas capture begin at least five years after placement of the waste. But landfill gas uh, generation can begin as early as six months after placement and certainly by 18 months after placement. So at Dry Creek Landfill, trying to be good neighbors because we do have a few homes uh, around us, uh, we decided that we would initiate landfill gas capture very early in the, the time frame. So we put our horizontal collectors in uh, within about six months of waste pace placement uh, so that we could get early capture of the gas that's uh, just starting to be produced. And then once the landfill profile gets up to its final elevation, we'll go ahead and drill vertical gas wells into the waste mound. And by uh, wells, uh, basically they're a perforated pipe that is either laid horizontally in the garbage or placed vertically into the garbage. And then it has a clean gravel pack around it so that it, when we apply negative pressure to the, the piping, it actually sucks the gas out of the garbage. And we apply that pressure through a blower system. Uh, you think of a blower as blowing at you, but in this case, we're using blowers to create a vacuum. So it's sucking the gas out from deep inside this landfill. And, and I understand that that has benefits in addition to just making it less smelly. Well, landfill gas basically is made up of about 50% methane, 48% carbon dioxide, and the other 2% trace gases. Methane is a very potent greenhouse gas, uh, uh, basically equivalent to about 21 times uh, CO2 or carbon dioxide. So controlling it is very important for the environment. We have several ways of dealing with the landfill gas and once we uh, have collected it, first of all we burn a good portion of it through our landfill gas to energy uh, plant and that is a project that we've had online for about 11 years now. The gas is burned in two 20-cylinder Caterpillar engines, 2,200 horsepower each, and they run 24-7. They produce three megawatts of power, and that's about enough to power up 3,000 homes in the area. 
how does the energy get to the homes in the area? We produce the energy in, in our power plant with uh, two large generators. We then put that power on the grid system, and in this case, it's uh, Pacific Power that receives the energy, and then they sell it uh, retail to their customers. And is the energy that's being produced also powering the facility itself? It is not. We are allowed by contract with uh, Pacific Power to power the blowers that essentially are putting the vacuum on the gas system, but then that power goes directly to the grid, and then power that we use uh, on-site for pumps and lights and that type of thing, we buy back from Pacific Power. You mentioned that you are producing enough energy to power about 3,000 homes. Do you know what the, what the equivalent amount of gas is that you are sucking out of the landfill? The gas energy plant takes around 1,000 cubic feet per minute of the landfill gas and that is a direct feed into those engines. And currently we're producing another 800 cubic feet of gas that currently we are flaring in our flare system. How long will a landfill produce gas like this? They have taken measurements on closed landfills uh, that show landfill gas, and it, it is it does vary from site to site and based on the type of organic waste that is in the garbage, but. Uh, they've seen landfill gas produced in a closed landfill for an additional 30 years. So uh, with Dry Creek Landfill having a site life of around 100 years before we go to final closure, we'll then have another 30 years of gas production, if not more, after that. Let's get back to the gas that's flared. Uh, that seems like kind of a waste. Is there a, a better way to capture that gas? Are there any ideas on the horizon that Rogue Disposal is working on? We've looked at several ways to utilize that gas. Uh, and they involve everything from trying to capture that gas for uh, use as a heat source. Uh, we've talked with folks that have been interested in building greenhouses out near the landfill. But to date, none of those projects have come to fruition. So as a part of our overall strategic goal of powering our garbage trucks with CNG, uh, we decided to look at the possibility of producing uh, renewable natural gas from our landfill gas that would then be fed into a Vista's pipeline system and could possibly end up reaching one of our trucks that drives around the city picking up the garbage initially. That's a really good example of the circle of a life of a, a truck picking up garbage, taking it to a landfill that produces the gas that powers the truck. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In a perfect world, you would use the extra gas to perhaps create RNG. How much RNG do you think you could produce from the landfill? We've had a consultant study our specific site and with the the project that they envision, we would be building a plant that would produce initially about 2 million diesel gallon equivalents per year. So it's a sizable uh, amount of fuel. Our garbage trucks utilize about 350,000 gallons of diesel per year, those that still run on, on diesel. And so we would be producing more fuel than even our entire fleet could utilize. And my understanding is that renewable natural gas, once it's in the pipeline, is indistinguishable from other natural gas. Is that right? That is correct. So it wouldn't necessarily need a completely different infrastructure uh, once it's in the pipeline. 
it's in the pipeline and it's just like any other gas. That is correct. There are dozens of projects similar to this across the United States. Uh, and essentially in each case, the uh, gas company that receives the RNG makes sure that the gas is cleaned up to their pipeline quality standards. And so there is technology available to do that and it is very well proven. The Oregon Department of Energy just published a report this year about renewable natural gas. I think that this is a topic that people are really starting to to get interested. What do you think uh, it's going to take to be able to make this a reality? The plants that cleaned up the gas are extremely expensive to to construct. Uh, Although it's a proven technology, it is a very high-tech technology. The cost of the plant that we're looking at is somewhere in the order of $18 million. And when you tack on to that, the cost of constructing a a three-and-a-half-mile high-pressure pipeline to get out to the Vista pipeline and add on the electrical infrastructure required to power the cleaning plant, if you will, it's close to about a $25 million total project cost. Have you found that your ratepayers are really interested in, in the work you're doing? Do they follow some of the sustainability projects you're doing? We give somewhere in the range of 50 to 60 tours a year. People are, are often completely fascinated by the entire system from start to finish, but they are most impressed and amazed with the landfill operations and the potential for taking byproducts of the waste that they've created that they entrust us to manage safely and taking the, the byproducts from the waste and, and doing something further with it that's beneficial to the environment. People are fascinated by waste to energy. Um, They're fascinated when they consider the benefits of utilizing landfill-derived gas to power our garbage trucks. It's really, it's a wonderful story. And when they learn about the, some of the air quality benefits, uh, that's another bonus. The other big thing that really catches a lot of people's attention and and they tend to, to, to be excited by is the prospect of being able to create, to generate local power and local fuel Uh, to help us get through the aftermath of a potential catastrophic event like a Cascadia subduction zone event. If there is, if that, when, I should say, people are telling me I can't say if anymore. (laughs) When that happens, uh, the Rogue Valley region that we live in uh, would be effectively cut off from the rest of the world functionally. Um, And we probably would be without power and without fuel coming in from outside for some time, quite some time. So for us to be able to be a part of a resiliency planning effort uh, and to be able to contribute to that means a lot to us and it, it does resonate well with the community that we serve here. You mentioned that a number of your fleet vehicles now or your collection vehicles are running on compressed natural gas. How many, how many overall trucks do you have and how many are running on CNG? We have roughly 40 collection vehicles in the fleet, and at this point, just over half. We might be at around 21 now that have been converted over to CNG. And where do you, where do you fuel? When we first bought our uh, first CNG truck and then uh, several uh, after that, we partnered with Rogue Valley Transportation District and utilized their fueling system. They have about 80% of their bus buses are on CNG. They were one of the leaders uh, to convert to CNG many, many years ago. 
And then as our fleet of garbage trucks uh, run by CNG grew and grew, we started being a little bit too few, too many for their system to handle. Uh, they were getting to the place where their buses were having to wait 15 to 20 minutes to fuel uh, because there was a garbage truck in their way. Uh, so we uh, talked to Avista, our gas supplier down here, and looked at some uh, vacant land that we had here and thought, well, let's partner with Avista and have them build a CNG fueling system. And they uh, looked into that and pursued it as far as they could, but they ran into regulatory issues. At that point, uh, they handed the project off to us and we built, uh, with the help of some federal grant money, a CNG fueling station. It not only takes uh, our fleet, but uh, we serve local public and other fleets uh, throughout the valley. And it's notable that uh, there's a, a lot of talk about using CNG uh, vehicles, but we are the only fueling station uh, between Sacramento and Eugene. So we really filled uh, a unique space in this uh, transportation uh, fueling system that goes up and down I-5. And does that, does that also offer another revenue source for you that could ultimately save ratepayer dollars? It could save ratepayer dollars, but uh, at this point, we're, we're a very young system. Probably if break-even, that would be the best we are at this point. But we have uh, a lot of fleets that have contacted us, and uh, now with this fueling source, they're able to begin conversion. In terms of ratepayer impacts of CNG and the conversion of our fleet to CNG, while it is true that CNG trucks are a little bit more expensive than standard fuel vehicles, that gap is narrowing. As the technology is in greater demand um, and has been tried, you know, tested, tried and true for a good solid decade now, the newer technology, the CNG trucks are, are getting less expensive by comparison to diesel. But in terms of ratepayer impacts, really the, the, the biggest benefit, aside from the air quality benefits, which we don't currently quantify in terms of, you know, impact rates, uh, at some point, we may. Mm -hmm. um, but the biggest benefit really is long-term fuel pricing stability. We simply, no one can crystal ball what diesel is going to do. You know, environmental benefits aside, the pricing is incredibly volatile. Whereas CNG, if you look back, historically, CNG fuel has had very, very stable pricing. Uh, and of course, going forward, if we're able to pursue this future with uh, renewable natural gas from the landfill, clearly that will be very stable. And what we like in our industry and what our ratepayers like is rate stability. Um, we don't like surprise cost increases. That's a really great point because uh, some people may be surprised to hear that Oregon imports almost all of its uh, petroleum. So we have no refineries in the state. Most of it comes from the north. And so if there is an opportunity for some energy independence or, as you mentioned before, resiliency benefits where you're producing your own your own energy on site uh, that doesn't have to be piped in from somewhere else. And then on top of all that, there are all of the environmental benefits. Can you tell me about some of the other sustainability projects that you've completed? Well, road disposal has always been dedicated to the environment. We, with our landfill facilities, we provide a safe and sanitary way to dispose of garbage, and we're always looking for ways to improve our system. 
Rogue Disposal and its sister companies are a third generation privately owned company. We all live in the valley and have for our lifetimes. And we're very dedicated to serving our customers because we live with our customers. Back in 2004, uh, when air quality issues were coming to the forefront in the Rogue Valley, we took advantage of some grant money to retrofit some of our diesel trucks with particulate traps on the exhaust systems. And those traps uh, reduced up to 50% of the particulate emissions from uh, the diesel trucks. And that was uh, kind of our first lead into uh, looking at environmental initiatives that could help clean up the valley, uh, air, water, and, and all sorts of other areas. In addition, uh, we've already talked about our landfill gas to energy project. We built that in 2007, and it is uh, almost 11 years old now, and it's been a, a great project for us and the Oregon Department of Energy helped us build that plant with taxable bond issue. And we tied that 15-year uh, bond issue with a 15-year power purchase agreement with Pacific Power. In uh, 2011, Rogue Disposal installed the photovoltaic system at the transfer station, and it generates about 57 kilowatt hours of electricity. That allows us to power most of our on-site needs uh, right with the, the solar system here that we have on site. Uh, that's supplemented by Pacific Power Power when we need it, uh, and it's uh, net metered so that it can go back onto the grid if we're not using all of the power. So what's next for the company? This year, Rogue Disposal and Recycling is celebrating its 80th year uh, serving the, the residents of the Rogue Valley. So we've been doing a little bit of looking backward, but we are always looking forward. Uh, our ownership and our management team uh, spends a lot of its time looking far down the road along the horizon, primarily if that the landfill or the lifetime of our landfill will be responsible for it for 130 years. So that alone causes us to really be thoughtful and intentional in, uh, in our, our planning for the future. We will be producing landfill gas for a long time, and we'll be producing a lot of it. Our, our modeled landfill gas production is about 24 CFM this year, and that will only continue to increase. Uh, the model goes out uh, the roughly 80 years uh, in the, the cycle that it is able to calculate, and at the end of that cycle, we're producing about 8,000 cubic feet a minute of landfill gas. So as the landfill continues to grow, the, the gas resource is going to continue to grow. And that's why the RNG project that we've spoken about is so important to our company going forward. It not only uh, allows us to utilize landfill gas in a very productive manner, but it also allows us to avoid putting burned gas into the air as a, a contaminant. Uh, with the the production of RNG, the, there is very little uh, gas burning required. It's all converted into a product. Special thanks to Laura, Lee, and Dry Creek Landfill Manager Jennifer Stuber for inviting me to tour Rogue Waste Facilities. 
They are certainly walking the talk and leading the way for innovative energy technology. Check out our blog at energyinfo.oregon.gov to see photos of the landfill, waste to energy facility, and more. And visit roguedisposal.com to learn more about the company and its work. Learn more about our work at oregon.gov energy. All episodes of Grounded are available on soundcloud.com slash Oregon Energy. Subscribe to Grounded on your favorite podcast app, including iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy.